devil in the details. <laughs> <laughs>
stick him in the museum. Yeah, they, they also have a message board as well. So obviously you've got two now, side to, to put your views across on. Yeah, I'm sure uh, there'll be a good pick on there at some point, I think. They'll, they, you know, people from the Scout Turkey and, and obviously the new forum as well kind of, you know, join clans at some point and speak on each other's forums. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be good, like I say, to uh, have a good debate. Cool. Uh, next bit of news, uh, Magic Weekend tickets, uh, 50% off, Si. Hopefully, we're going to get a big uh, turnout uh, in Newcastle. Uh, hopefully, yeah. I mean, the, the good thing about this year is it's instead of it being two sides who are not really performing well, it's two sides who've got the potential to perform really, really well. Uh, Witness are obviously you know, flying high at the start of the season. And, you know, we had a good game with them at the start of the season as well. So, hopefully, you know, we'll get a big decent following up there, get a few of us, you know, all sat in in the same kind of area in the, in the uh, crowd and start making a bit of noise up there in Newcastle. Yeah, I think it's important, Paul, that we're all get together in the same area. Uh, we're not going to be scattered around. Uh, you know, it's a big uh, big stadium, St. James's Park. Yeah, it certainly is. I enjoyed it last season. I've got some family up in Newcastle, so I was, went and stayed with them, so it was, it was really good. But um, just on that, I mean, witness, I mean, we've had some cracking games with them over the last few years and we've built up like a bit of a rivalry with them now, haven't we? And I know some of the away trips we've had to, um, to witness at the Holton Stadium have been good. Uh, last season we had a couple of good away trips there, and the game this season at the AJ Bell was good. So, uh, so yeah, uh, bring witness on. But like we say, we let's just hope we can all get seated together because we were a bit scattered about last season, weren't we? So, uh, so yeah, if we can all get together and make some noise and uh, get a result, that'd be cool. Yeah, uh, Challenge Cup tickets um, for the game against Huntsford Hearts are now available. Uh, Fifteen pound for adults, ten pound for concessions, five pound for juniors. Uh, side another big, you know, competition that we know we want to progress in and and take a big crowd to. Yeah, I mean, I've said all along, uh, especially over with the, you know, the possible, you know, the threat of the RFL of what they've come out for the past few weeks. I do believe the Challenge Cup is something that we really should be concentrating on this year, um, because you know, if and it, and it is a big if, um, things go the wrong way and the RFL do take any kind of points off us, um, it, it can't, obviously can't affect us in the Challenge Cup. So I do think that's something that we should be having a good concentration on, <clears> but. I think the Unslet game is probably going to come at a good time as well. We've got a few injuries, and it could be an extra week for for people to recuperate and you know you know and get back fit. And hopefully we can you know rotate the squad a bit and uh, have a good game up there and, and get through to the next round. Yeah, doing a coach as well, fifteen pound per person. If you want to get on that coach and get yourselves tickets for the Unslet game, it's all on six one seven eight six one five seven zero. Ring the club, book your tickets, and hopefully get up there in big numbers uh, for the game. Um, and hopefully which Salford will win uh, next bit of news uh, Mao and QCash announced that our tribunal for our uh, alleged uh, salary cap issues uh, will take place on the 25th of April uh, Simon <coughs> and Paul have, have talked about it you know over the last few weeks with various different people uh, you know what's your, your what's your take on it um, I, I I do think that the RFL will try and nail us by any, any way you know shape or form but I do think that uh, from what I hear on the grapevine, and don't get me wrong, this is nothing that's coming from the club or anything like that. Uh, I do believe that the RFL are kind of, you know, hanging on by the the bare minimum here to try and to try and nail us. Uh, and I do believe that we've got a good defence in our in our corner. Really, I know Marwan's put on um, on Twitter that you know he's willing to take it to the highest court, and he's got a, you know a good backing behind him. So um, usually, you know, if you're a businessman and something looks like it's nailed onto to bite you on the backside, you're not so uh, buoyant and you're not so brash about it. But it seems like he's really got the grip between his teeth on this one. And hopefully, with um, with his his confidence, we, we you know we're not found guilty of anything. Yeah, he does sound confident about you know what he thinks is is true. And obviously, hopefully, we, we won't get uh, you know punished if, if we do uh, for, for any kind of salary cap um, issue. Uh, Paul, do you reckon his little sort of boisterous ways of of sorting the RFL, you know, in the last couple of days, you think that's not the best plan of action, really, if you want to, you know, get a result you want? No, not really. I, I think sometimes you've just got to wind your neck in, haven't you? Know, I think Marwan needs to do that sometimes. I mean, you don't want to give, to me, you don't want to give the RFL any more ammunition, do you, to, to take points off us and things like that. So perhaps it's just, you know, let the, you know, go to the tribunal now. If you, if, if, we, if we've got evidence there, you know, that says we're not guilty, I mean, you know, let them let them see it then, and let's get off with it. We don't really want to be winding the RFL up, do we? Because at the end of the day, they're the governing body of the game. I mean, you're not going to sort of you can't really take a governing body on, can you? Because they they run the game. So I mean, you've got to work with them sometimes, haven't you? I mean, I don't agree with everything that the RFL come up with, but and then on the same breath, I don't agree with everything that Marwan says as well. So 
I'm, I'm, I'm confident we'll be all right in this, uh, this review, and I'm just, uh, I just hope everything Marwan says is true, and uh, you know they don't take something ridiculous off us. Because if they do, it's a, it's a big blow for the fans, isn't it? I mean, they're the important people, aren't they? And they've waited a hell of a long time to see Salford do well, and you know, just in a season when we're starting to do well, if they take like sort of minus 10, 12 points off us, it's, it's not looking good for the supporters, is it? Yeah, and obviously, you know, now we've got the day we have the, the light at the end of the tunnel sign. Now there's not a kind of a, you know, it's not hanging on. We know on the twenty fifth. We'll know either way what the situation is then. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I say, I know Marwan put that on his on his Twitter again, and it was the buoyant, you know, old Marwan that he, he always says, you know, can't wait for the twenty fifth. You know, we're going to go in there, we're going to fight this, blah blah blah. And like Paul just said there, sometimes you 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 have got kind of just like shut your gob and, and kind of go with what the RFL are saying. Don't uh, you know? I'm, don't get me wrong. Some of the things the RFL are doing, I, I, they're getting tragically wrong. Um, for instance, the the tackle on Mason Kate and Brown from Danny Bruff a couple of weeks ago, you know, they, they were discussing it on Yorkshire Radio last night, and they were even saying, you know, Uddersfield fans are saying to us, "I can't believe he's got away with it." And you know, the RFL are there to make decisions. Yeah, they're going to get them wrong. They're only human, like the, like the rest of us. But you know, it's hard to take when so so much blatant kind of decisions are going against us. Uh, and I think that's what probably he's got Marwan's back up is the fact that. He won't be, he, you know, he won't roll over and let his belly be tickled. He is the kind of person to be volatile and go back at somebody. So, I just hope he's got all his, uh, everything in in the right order, really, to uh, to really go back at him. Yeah, that's what we like about Marwan. He doesn't take a backward step, does he? He's always there, you know, defending the club uh, in any way, shape, or form. And as as a fan, I want my owner to be like that. I want him to be able, you know, defend the club if needed to, um, and and obviously, you know, show the RFL we're not, we aren't going to get, uh, you know. Yeah, so like I say, Marwan Kukas, you know, he's, he defends the club uh, to the hill, Paul, and, and, you know, it's good to see. Yeah, that's what you want. I mean, I think, you know, over the years I've been watching so I think we have been pushed about by the RFL, and I think we've been we've had the rough end of the stick you know, on numerous occasions and been unlucky in certain games. And So it is good that we've got someone looking out for us now. I just wish sometimes, you know, perhaps he just would, you know, reel it in a bit more and just not do them sort of, I mean I'm not a big fan of Twitter I'm not even on Twitter so you know me I live in dark ages but <laughs> I see some of the stuff he puts on and you know you just gotta, you just gotta be careful aren't you what you say and things like that because like we say we don't want to don't want to rile him because you're not going to beat him but you know hopefully he's got everything everything right all the evidence is right and um, we're not going to uh, have a load, a load of points took off yeah next bit of news Si um, Josh Griffin uh, Ian Watson has, has sounded him out uh, to you know, get an international career, he's playing well at the moment. Side, um, could it be a possibility that he could represent England at the end of the season? Yeah, I think there's always a possibility, especially for the England, England squad. I mean, I know. Uh, I mean, if you're looking at people on form um, to go into the England squad, you got to look at you got to look at where Leeds are at the minute. Callum Watkins is not playing, so, you know, terrific at the minute. Um, so there is always a chance. I just do believe that. Um, Josh Griffin is still kind of work in progress. Um, I don't think he's the finished article in any way, shape or form. Um, you know, he has some absolutely barnstorming games. Um, but then there is the side of the game that, you know, you know, he probably admit himself that he wants to work on. So, you know, there's always that room for improvement. And hopefully, you know, if he does, he does, does like fulfil his potential, um, he's got every chance of being in that England squad. Yeah, most improved player uh, for me this season, Paul. What do you think? Yeah, well, I, I've said it a few times this season, and I said it last season that I thought it was improved. I mean, I remember when he first first came to Salford, and uh, I thought, you know, he's got a bit of size, he's got a bit about him, but he was quite a raw player. He looked quite green when I first saw him play for us. But yeah, he's come on leaps and bounds, hasn't he? I mean, every week now, he, he sort you sort of see bits of his game improving. It's you know, it's a pleasure watching him improving. But you know, when we're talking about playing for England and that, there's just some good players there. Isn't there, it's probably just the end of him in the pecking order at the moment. But I don't see why why not in the, in the near future. I mean, if he, if he carries on progressing, just just bits and bobs at knees tweaking, you know, bits on his defence, bits under the eyeball, and that. I mean, I felt sorry for him on Saturday, but because I don't think he's a winger, I think you know Josh is more of a centre. So, but I don't see why not in the future. He's got a bit to work on, but there's potential there with him definitely. Yeah, hopefully we'll be uh, be calling uh, Griffin for England uh, from the from the terrace in the next few months, and we'll get the answer. Uh, at the end of the season um, last bit of news we've got is uh, Stuart Little Salford uh, legend uh, played his 500th game uh, professional game uh, at the end at the weekend and scored uh, for Swinton in their win uh, what a servant uh, for rugby league Si yeah he's been he's been absolutely brilliant he was only you know talking the other day about Stuart Little and, you know he's um, he's been absolutely brilliant the amount of tries he's scored obviously playing 500 <laughs> games as well 
Um, and like Paul said earlier on, um, when you know speaking to Paul, he said he's he's done all these games in in like a, a short space of time, which is you know from 1998. Um, so really, he's never seemed like he's ever been injured. Um, I don't want to steal your thunder there, Paul. It's just something that I wanted to kind of you know put out there what you said, like. But it's right though. He's 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 an absolute athlete, and and the guy has been an absolute you know star for the the game of rugby league. Yeah, give me your stats, Paul. Well, for Salford, he played 329 games, scoring 112 tries. But one thing I'd like to say on him as well, just just going back to what Si was saying about his his time at Salford, and it was, I mean, I don't know the stat there, Rob. You was talking to me the other day saying it didn't he play so many consecutive games for us? It was about and 100. And... It was it was a few seasons, wasn't it? Yeah, 176 and... or something like that. It was it was yeah, a massive amount of games. Yeah, well, I remember. Um... I remember speaking to my dad a few times, and we used to say, like, when we played at the Willows, and that, I think we played Leeds a couple of times, and he was he was marking Keith Senior, and I think Leeds beat us that day, but Keith Senior couldn't get on top of him. He, he, he had that sort of bit about him where the centre they was playing against, they must they must have thought, Jesus, I'm playing against Stuart Little today, I'm not going to get the better of him because he was so hard to play against. He was he was aggressive, and he'd knock you off your game, and there was not many centres that got the better of him at Salford. I never saw it anyway. I thought he was a real class player. I remember him playing against Jamie Lyon. I think Saints beat us, I think it was 2006 when we finished in the playoffs, and I think Saints beat us 12-10 at Salford. Absolutely fantastic game. Saints were brilliant that season, but they didn't get the better of Stuart Little. He was always there, you know, tackling and just a, just a super player. And I mean, my favourite drivers was um, the, the 2003 Grand Final against Lee, the National League Grand Final. I think he scored in the last minute. Yeah. And I think he'd been getting a lot of stick off the Lee supporters. You know, they used to call him about his teeth, didn't he? And, that, and he yeah. sort of went over and pointed his teeth and scored and, under the post. I think they got an inter- interception late on. I think Lee dropped the ball and he scored there. And that's, that's a try. I'll never forget him scoring that. Brilliant. Yeah, it was a magical try in such an important game uh, yeah. for the club. Um, we, we all know he's, he's, he's a prolific uh, sort of try-scoring record for Salford. He's joint uh, equal record holder with Dave Watkins uh, for the most tries scored by a centre. Um, he did that in, it looks like it was in 2004, um, it says um, I've got on the internet. You know, fantastic player, Stuart Little, um, and always dangerous uh, coming on the outside uh, side. Yeah, yeah. Saying that about the, you know, the memorable kind of game from um, from Little, obviously taking away the 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 grand fight, the, well, the final game, sorry, um, was a game in 2005 against Warrington at Willows, and I think he played against, if memory serves me right, I think it was against a young Chris Bridge. And um, he scored an hat trick that day, um, Littler, and Warrington could get nowhere near him. Um, he was absolutely electric that day, and it's something. It's just a game that sticks out in my mind. Was that um, the Good Friday game, Sai? Was it on Good Friday that? I think it might have been. I don't know if it was something like. You know, I think the I think the score was something like forty four twelve. Was it Black my head, Friday? Was it what Cullen I, said? I can't remember <laughs> when he called it Black Friday at Easter time. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was somewhat, somewhat, It rings a bell that mate. Yeah, it was a, it was an excellent game. I mean, Salford were electric that day. I think uh, I think it was Luke Robinson was was um, was electric that day as well. But Little got a, a hat trick, and he was just every time he got the ball, you could see the excitement in the in the Salford fans' eyes. Really, that you know he, he had the ball and he was attacking the line. And, and like I say, against a young Chris Bridge, and when he was younger, Chris Bridge, he, you know he could motor, he could move, he was he was a fit lad. Um, but he just he could not get on top of Stuart Little whatsoever. Yeah, um, obviously. He's won two, uh, well, league championships, first division championships, two Arriva Cups, as well as his time at, at Salford uh, side. We, we were obviously talking last night, weren't we, about you know legends at the club. Where would you put Stuart Littler in in the in the uh, the, the ladder of legends? We'll call it. Um, well, it's certainly there and thereabouts because of obviously the, the amount of games and the amount of tries he scored for us, and you know he he was scoring tries in in, in a team that wasn't particularly great at the time um, but I know what you're saying there we, we, like, we had this debate last night ourselves didn't we about yeah. the, where he's a legend or you know what not I would, I would put him up there as being certainly one of our best players well certainly that I've seen anyway uh, only being 33, you know what I mean? It's he is one of the best I've I've seen for us, and and probably one of the um, one of the better servants for Salford. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I think he's one of the best try scorers. I think when Lee got the ball out, he got the ball in space, and and the line was 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 there. It was only one way he was going to go, and that was over the line. And that's what you know. That's what the feed the horse uh, the chant came from. Um, you know, it was a brilliant uh, centre, uh, and you know much. Um, Memories given uh, by him to the Salford fans, you know, for years and years, Paul. Uh, talking, obviously, me inside a little chat like yesterday, 
you know, obviously we've got the likes of Watkins and, and Risman. They were kind of like in a really good sides uh, in their generations playing for Zulfur Red Bull. Do you reckon if, if Stuart Little would have been in, in, in one of them teams, you reckon he could have been a bigger than? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, I mean, Stuart came through around about the same time as Malcolm Walker, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Them, them two, them two lads that came through. And, I mean, watching them growing up, I was really proud of them because it was like I know I know they both were good lads, lads, whatever. But they came through our academy, didn't they? And they, it was like you cut them in half, and and Salford had come out of them, wasn't it? They were Salford, you know, through and through. And um, it, I thought it was brilliant watching them. And just going back to Little, he was one of them centres. I don't think he was like blessed with pace, but in a struggling side there, sort of late nineties, early two thousands, we had we had some poor defeats, didn't we? And a lot of hammerings around that time. But Stuart was one of them guys you could always rely on. You know, if we had a bad performance or we got stuff somewhere, I think when we lost by ninety at Bradford, he could probably he could probably come off and hang, hold his head up high, saying, you know, I did all right today and I worked really hard because he did. He never let us down and. Um, you know, I think it's just a, a tribute to him that he's he's still playing well, isn't he? I mean, he's speaking to Swinton supporters. He's he's playing really well for him. He scored on um, on Sunday in, in there winning his 500th game. So he's still doing the business. And, you know, he might still be playing next season. I hope he is. Yeah, Irish international as well. Played in the World Cup in Australia uh, side. You know, play at international level. You know, it shows how good he was. Of course, yeah. To, to break into any national side, you've got to be a good player. Um, I just like you said there about him, you know, him, him being in a, a struggling side at Salford. Um, I don't know um, whether you know if he was in a, a you know a, a really prolific uh, team, whether he'd shone as well as he did at the time. But for us, like I say, I'm not going to take anything away from him. He's an absolute uh, well, he's an absolute pleasure to watch for Salford and all that. And like I say, such an athlete as well for for the size of the lad. He always kept himself um, really really fit as well because he is like a He's got like a big frame, and he? he's a tall frame. Mm. So, um, but yeah, to play in the national in any national team, you know, you've got to be a good player, and certainly consistency was one of his better attributes. Yeah, um, looking at the stats now, I found the stat he played. He played 140 consecutive appearances uh, for Salford, and he passed uh, David Watkins' <coughs> record in 2009. But not too far off, 147. He's only seven out. Yeah, no, it's, that is that is some kind of stat to put out there. You know, 140, you know, consecutive games. That yeah. is that is it takes to even footballers can't do that, and they're not taking the hammerings that you know um, rugby players are taking themselves. So it just shows you the the fitness and the stature of the lad, and these probably half of that is determination. If if he had took a little knock, he was probably the first one to say, "No, I'm playing." So um, fair play to the lad. He's uh, been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, and only 12 come off the substitute bench as well. Uh, so, like you said, Sai, he's, he's, he's there every week, playing every week. And, you know, he made some great memories for us. His final game uh, for Salford uh, was against Wakefield, turning to Wildcats in 2010. He moved into second role then, Paul. Um, but he was still doing a good job. Yeah, he was. And he, he never let anybody down either, did he? I mean, his aggression, I always loved his aggression. You know, he'd get, he'd get on top of him. And, and he used to give out the verbals as well. You'd better see him. The scent that he was against, uh, he'd never stop talking, would he, and winding him up. And, that. and I think that's, you don't see a lot of that now these days, do you? But no, I thought it was a pleasure to watch. And, uh, you know, a uh, really good player. And just, just that's off to him, really. And I just hope he carries on playing for as long as he can. Yeah, so thanks for the, the memory, Stu. And well done. And getting the uh, the 500 appearances, um, professional appearances in Rugby League. Um, hopefully we'll get you on the show in the next couple of weeks and we'll, we'll you can talk us through him, basically. So that's the end of the news for today. What we'll do is we'll talk about the uh, Wakefield game uh, on Saturday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So Salford travelled to Wakefield on Saturday and unfortunately went down to defeat 32 points to 18, side. You know, gutted performance after you know a tough Easter. Yeah, it's, it, it was a bit of a, a bit of a downer, really driving back from uh, Wakefield that weekend. Um, I really thought that game was there for the taking, especially with the team sheet we did put out. I know we had a, a bit of a shock when uh, Copchat ended up dropping out, but um, I do think they were there for the taking. And to be honest, we just didn't turn up. It was defensively, it was a shambles. Um, a bit of game management was was you know lacking. Maybe Tommy Lee not not being as vocal on the pitch because he's not there. And I just I just believe that was there was too many players who had very average games on, on the same day, which kind of affected our performance really. Yeah, Salford started with O'Brien at fullback, Josh Griffin, Justin Carney, Junior Sal, Josh Jones, Josh Wood, Michael Dobson, Mark Fanagan, Ben Murdoch Masala, Matt Sarsfield, Logan Tompkins, George Griffin, and Kyle Foster on the bench for Salford with nine levels. 
Adam Warren, Jordan Warren and Oli Krinicki. Um, Paul, Josh Griffin starts on the wing instead of Nia Levels. Obviously gone for, you know, pace. And obviously gone for, for power over pace there instead of Nile. Yeah, no, I thought it was a mistake that really. I don't really think Josh is a winger. I think, you know, he's a centre, Josh. And it's a specialised position being a centre, isn't it? I mean, I'm not one for playing blokes at a position. You know, everyone's got the job, haven't they? I mean, Ian Watson said that a few times this season. Everyone's got a job, everyone's got a responsibility. And I don't think you can sort of move people about. And I, I was a bit worried when I saw that Josh was on the wing. And I thought he got found out a bit at Huddersfield, didn't he, under the eyeball. And he did, he did again against Wakefield. So uh, I was a bit disappointed. It was, it was a disappointing afternoon all, all round, really, I thought. Yep. Uh, Craig Cock Jack uh, had a back spasm uh, before kickoff sign. He, he that ruled him out. Uh, he's a big loss, you know. He's big beat makers week in week out, and we and we suffered that uh, yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, massive, massive loss. I mean, I know, uh, I know. I've messaged Craig a few times on Instagram. He's actually won me a quite, quite a few uh, few pennies this year on uh, backing <laughs> him to score a try as well. To be honest, but no, I think his um, his experience. Uh, again, his his kind of game management as a forward, you know, really comes into play as well when he plays. Um, I just think we we did miss that that kind of a you know leader that we didn't seem to have a leader on the pitch at weekend, um, which was a bit of a shame because obviously we had Kopchak uh, out and we had Tommy Lee out the same game. So I do believe that that leadership was lacking a bit as well at weekend. Yeah, Salford started badly, Paul, uh, conceding two early tries in the first six minutes, twelve nil down. Um, in a bit of a hole. Yeah, yeah, he was. And just going back to what Sai said then, I mean, I think Tommy Lee and Craig Kopjak are probably the two most influential players in our squad, aren't they? And to be without both them two leaders, your backs are against the wall. But I think that's when other players have got to stand up. And I think, you know, on, on Saturday, there's too many blokes waiting for somebody else to do the work. And, and you can't do that. You know, Wakefield's not one of the glamour games, is it? But it's a game where you've got to go with your head on, with your head screwed on, and, you know, be willing to do the work. And, you know, early on there, there's people bumping off tackles, and I mean, don't you know? Don't disrespect Wakefield because they, they play well, but they're not going to, you know, be a top four side, are they? No, they're, they're sort of grounds you've got to go to and, and win. And uh, I just didn't think we performed at all. And to let a side go 12 nil up against us again, your backs against the wall, and you're chasing the game. Yeah, side, but it's a good sign uh, that the boys obviously fought back to get level. We've watched Salford for years and years, and I've seen Salford team go down 12 points, and then the 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 towel goes in, and we end up, you know, going 40, 50 under. Uh, you know, to actually get back uh, to 12 R was was a really good sign. That these boys are together. Yeah, it's something that is stand out really alone this year that we have noticed when we we seem to be giving team starts really. Um, and like you said, in in years gone by, heads have gone down and you know we'll take a battering. But at the minute, they do seem to be getting the grip between the teeth, and it does seem to be once they've been in there into the changing rooms at half-time, they seem to come out as rejuvenated. Uh, I don't know whether, obviously, that's just they're looking back at the, themselves, you know, in the half-time and looking at what they can, in, you know, impress on, or whether it's, you know, the, the coaching staff coming over and giving them a bit of a kick up the backside. I'm not too sure, but it does seem that w w it's becoming a um, a routine at the minute that we are giving people starts and we're chasing the game. We do get ourselves back in there, which is very, very encouraging. And to be quite honest... If it wasn't for, you know, a bit of quick thinking and a bit of, um, you know, fancy footwork from Gaz O'Brien at weekend, we could have we could have been on a really bad loss there. But um, a bit of bit of quick thinking by himself, and I, I think attacking wise, he's been excellent this year. Um, it, you know, we, we got ourselves back in the game, but it, we, you you need to like kind of hold on to them them kind of you know when we get back in touching distance, you need to keep them there um, for for a, a bit of time there just to steady yourself down and then manage the game but again there was no leaders there was no game management and it, you know in the end it did tell on us yeah Gaz O'Brien uh, goes over after you know a good bit of pressure from Salford you know a couple of sets there where, where we managed to complete them and, and then force an error from Waitfield and then from the resulting scrum Dobson sends uh, O'Brien over Paul and 12-6 after a bit of a rocky start you know, we're looking like we're we're going in the right direction. Yeah, he was. I was impressed with Dobson. I thought Dobson played well in the first half. I mean, he created the first two tries, really come off his passes. I thought his kicking game was pretty good as well. He he pinned Wakefield back a few times there, and uh, you know, made him sort of work the ball out of their their own uh, ten meter line with uh, with good kicking and that. So I was impressed with Dobson. But he sort of was playing on his own again because I know Josh Wood was at, uh, named at standoff, but he wasn't really playing the standoff role for me. He was definitely a lot of tackling. And he was almost like having an extra hooker on the pitch with him. So, really, it was a bit like last season when we had Theo playing on his own at half-back. You had sort of Dobson playing on his own. So, there's not a lot of lot of creativity there, really. And, 
no, we were struggling a bit, but we got back into the game, didn't we? Got it back to 12 apiece. And then the frustrating thing is we made a mistake then from the next set, from the kickoff, spilling the ball and then to allow Wakefield back in. So it, there's been a lot of them. I think there was a lot of sort of individual errors against Huddersfield as well. And little things like we need to cut out if we're going to uh, pick up results. Yeah, before then, Wakefield had a try disallowed. <coughs> I think it was for Shepherding. Um, you know, that kind of walks over up a little bit after a bit of a dip uh, in, the, in that earlier sort of five minutes. And uh, a bit of magic from Dobson O'Brien sends Sarsfield over side. And the scores are level. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to be quite honest, I thought Sarsfield was going to get caught at weekend. I think he took the foot off the gas a bit too soon. He thought he was he was in the clear, but yeah, he managed to get over. Um, but again, it's it's just being able to once we get ourselves to that to you know to back to that score, it's keeping hold of it for the for the considerable time after it. And like I like say before. You know, knocking straight on from from the kickoff, it was it was a bit of a killer as well. So I think it's just silly little mistakes that we need to kind of cut out and get back to basics at the minute. Yeah, ball gets ripped from Murdoch Masala's hands. Wakefield take advantage and score in the corner, dead on half time again, Paul. So we've given two tries, early doors and one on on the on the half time. But Hooter, you know, it's it's it, you're giving Wakefield you know possession, you're giving them chances, and and they're taking them, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, you you can't afford to let teams in like that because you know they're no mugs Wakefield. They're not the sort of the easy beats they were last season. I was impressed with them. I thought they got some good young players and that. And you know sometimes I didn't think we made them work for it. You know they scored a lot of tries off off the back of our mistakes and our errors. And you can't afford to do that because you do that against. I mean we've got Leeds this weekend. I mean old Leeds are struggling this season, but but they've got some quality players, haven't they? They've got some class players. So if you do that this weekend, they're going to do the same and take advantage. So I think we've got to learn from this pretty quick and. Uh, you know, cut out these these errors and be a bit more ruthless when we've got the ball. You've got back to twelve all there. Like Sai says, game management there. Then you've got to, um, you know, you got to work your way. Let make Wakefield work for the points where they didn't really. They sort of just gifted them six points right on the hooter. Yeah, and then Wakefield extend the lead uh, through Finn Sai. And at that point, I'm thinking we're looking a bit sh- bit shattered here. Uh, Wakefield have, have extended their lead. You know, it's going to be a rough road back. Yeah, like I said earlier on that when we were speaking. Um, we looked really, really tired at weekend. I, I don't know what it was. I don't know whether it was a heavy pitch because I noticed that, you know, within a couple of minutes at, at weekend, you know, the, the lads were, you know, filthy. So you could tell the, the pitch was cutting up quite, you know, quite badly. But um, I don't know what it was. We just looked absolutely shot of confidence. We looked absolutely shot of energy. Um, there just seemed to be like a lot of players looking around, seeing who was going to be the one to man up and, you know, kind of lead us out kind of thing. And I know... Um, George Griffin a couple of times, you know, came to the front, stood there, and you know he was ready to take the ball in, and you know, someone who's who's transitioned from you know a different position to into prop this year, um, he's he's ended up being one of our one of our better players and consistent with it as well. Yeah, and even even though obviously we were having a bit of a, a low performance, we we were getting back within touching distance of of Wakefield. Carney going over in, in the car after a bit of pressure from Salford. And I was thinking, you know, let's do this. We, we, we can go on from here, Paul. What do you think? Yeah, it wasn't. It was a cracking try, that as well. I mean, you don't always like sort of take as much notice of it when you're there because it all happened so quick. But, you know, watching it back on um, on Sunday afternoon, I, I watched the replay of the game and it was a belting try, that really, really good quick hands and, you know, kind of scoops over and it was good to see. But we were right back in the game there, I thought. It was 22-18 at that point, I think it was, was it? Yeah, 22-18. 22-18. I remember saying to my dad at the time, you know, there's only sort of one side in this now. You could see Wakefield were going. Um, we were there then in the, in the ascendance and we had a lot of chances, you know, we made a lot of breaks, but we just couldn't convert those those chances. And I think if we had it done, it would have been a different story. But, you know, Wakefield got that, that sucker punch try and then it was uh, was curtains. Yeah, Carney goes close, side, unfortunately has to limp off. And he, and he was a big, big loss in that last 15 minutes, weren't he? He was, yeah. I mean, he's, he's you know, the same old um, kind of, you know, what you call a, a meter eater. He's, he just gets the ball and makes so much kind of meters for you on that on that pitch. And uh, he seems to be the one who was causing problems. Like, well, like, like every other game, really, you can see the defensive line is always wary of him. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a big blow um, to see him kind of limping off. Uh, got a good ovation, obviously, from the uh, from the fans as well. So, um, but you could tell then, you know, it was it was a weakened line. Uh, a lot of people was looking around, unsure about the person next to him because there were so many changes to the team. Um, so yeah, it, it, I think it affected us a bit more than we well, we actually thought. Yeah, big moments in the game. Uh, Paul coming up. Um, Ebbles makes a break, wasn't able to finish off. We end up pushing Wakefield back for a dropout. 
Dobson kicks dead and Wakefield breathe again. Salford kept pushing and pushing, but unfortunately just, just couldn't get over the line. They did, yeah, we did. I mean, yeah, that, that remember that Dobson incident there? Was, we, they was on the ropes there, Wakefield. They really were blowing. And it, it was it was just a bit too strong, that kick, and went dead. But, you know, we had that chance when Sal went through as well and he just he got caught and tried to throw the ball back inside. And it was, you know, it was just begging for that score, wasn't it? Begging for that try. And it just didn't come on uh, on Saturday. And, and then again, we were missing Robert Louis. I mean, you're talking about Dobson before being on his own. You know, if you've got Robert Louis on there, another bit of craft, a bit of creativity at half-back, you know, that game could have been miles different, couldn't it? So, um, I think, yeah, we can't, you can't always look at injuries and blame injuries and that, but I think, you no, know, some of the personnel we've got missing there, your number nine, your number eight, you know, your big goal forward man in the pack, your linchpin at number six as well. He's quite a big hole out of the side at the moment. I think another one with Willer Araki as well, he's another big metre maker. So, you no, know, I wouldn't be too disheartened. I mean, there's, I mean, every team's got injuries, haven't they? But I think we've got quite a few key personnel missing at the moment. I think if they'd have been on there in that last sort of 20 minutes, we could have. Uh, we could have won that game comfortably. Yeah, I was thinking the last 10 minutes, I've got no Carney, no Lee, no Cockjack. You know, where's the big forward yard going to come? You know, where's this, you know, the meter eaters uh, going to come from, side? Um, luckily, Salford made a break. Junior Sal runs 70 metres um, and gets dumped in touch. Bit of controversial end, end to the, the play. Wayfield players seem to like he kicked the ball dead. You know, what, what, how did you read that? Yeah, to be honest, I... From where we were, we were stood in, uh, you know, in, in, in the crowd, we, we, you couldn't see what exactly what had happened. It looked like he, Junior Shaw was basically over the line, uh, and he, then he's, he's tried to obviously offload back inside. But when you looked back at the replay, I thought the Wakefield player actually played at it. Mm. Now, it's you know, it's, it's a matter of you know, interpretation really. Did he play it? Was it a natural movement? God knows. We only know. We. I'm sure it'll, you know, kind of like settle itself out over the season. We'll probably get one of them that'll go in our way. But I just think that was um, that was a massive, massive part of the, um, you know, chain turning point in the in the match really because we made that break. It looked like we was in. We was surely going to be going over within the next couple of tackles, but that then obviously put putting Sal into our touch and then and then getting the ball back for Wakefield was massive for them. Huge, huge moment in the game for me, Sai. For me, it, all day he looks like he kicks it dead. You can see him he's follow his, 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 his eyes, look at the ball, and he, he definitely kicks it dead for me. And, you know, Wakefield get away with one there for me big time. Uh, and on the following set, um, Sal gets injured in a tackle, and they obviously read the play. Salford aren't able to number up rightly, uh, and um, it's Liam Finn who goes over uh, for the killer try, Paul. Yeah, I thought it was a bit shoddy. Was it Reece Lynn who scored oh, Reece that Lynn, try? Reece Lynn, yeah, he went over for that try. Yeah, that, he, a decent step, wasn't it? But I thought it was poor tackling that, really. It was, as I said before, it was a real sucker punch try when he would have had all that pressure and not been able to convert it. Wakefield's gone down the other end. And like Ty was saying there, it was a game changer, wasn't it? The junior Sal incident, really. I think we sort of thrown everything at Wakefield there and not come up with the with the goods. And they've gone down the other end and, and scored to, to kill us off and get that 10 point lead again. Yeah, obviously, at that point, our legs have gone. Wakefield are up up for the the contest and score at the end at the end. Tom Johnson completes his hat trick uh, side. You know he scored a hat trick. Good player. You know he's going to be one for the future. Him. He's very very good. You know he's shown kind of signs last year that he was going to be a good player. But um, like Paul said earlier on uh, speaking, that it looks like he has bulked up slightly this year. Uh, he's put a bit of size on really. But he's you know his his step and he and his his body movement and the way he uses his body. He's really, really effective. Uh, I think there was a, a try that he scored where he kind of went to step back inside and then he stepped back out uh, on the next step and, and kind of just left Gaz O'Brien bamboozled on the on, on the floor. Like So he is a very good finisher. He knows where that try line is and he knows how to uh, to put tries you know, over, you know, to bed, really. So, yeah, he's, he is a very, very good player and I'm sure that uh, there's going to be a number of teams in the Super League trying to tempt him away from there. Yeah, I think he's going to be a star for the future uh, for me. Uh, Stats-wise uh, for Salford, obviously with a big meter makers, Copjack um, and Carney going off injured, um, looking at the stats, Carney made 199 metres even though he was off the field for 15 minutes. Josh Griffin made 174. Uh, George Griffin made 95. Bernard, Bernard Masana made 90. So the forwards, you know, in tough conditions, Adam 107, uh, you know, grafted and, and tried their hardest, Paul. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and I was impressed with Adam Wall. I was impressed with um, George Griffin as well. Like we were saying before about George Griffin, I mean, runs his blood to water every week. Don't he? he's not the biggest of blokes, but you know he, he charges the ball in and 
makes the ground every week. And with with Craig Copjack missing, those guys had to uh, had to put a bit more more work in. Same with Logan Tompkins having to uh, play a bit more game time without Tommy Lee missing. So you know, hopefully, I mean, I don't know how, how bad Craig Copjack's injury is. This back spasm that he had, one that he. Uh, he injured in the war, but so hopefully he's going to be back this this weekend because uh, you know we need him back. Yeah, tackles. Uh, Longman Tonkins made forty-five tackles. George Griffin thirty-eight. Uh, Nerdock Masala with twenty-six. Niall Ebbles did. Uh, sorry, Matt Fanagan did thirty-three. Adam Warren with forty-three. Uh, Adam Warren forty-three, and the top meter maker as well in the forwards. You know he, he's uh, showing some good form at the moment, Si. Yeah, he's putting himself forward there, really, to, to try and nail like, a, a spot down in the team, really. Um, I, I tell you who I did think uh, was good in defence uh, at weekend, and I, I think if you look on the stats, I don't think he missed any tackles, was Logan Tompkins um, for, for, you know, for, for that position. Uh, a lot of people do pick him out for being a small lad and try and run at him, but I tell you what, that lad puts his body on the line every time there's a player running at him. Uh, he's excellent. But yeah, like you said there, Adam Wall... Um, He's really, really coming on leaps and bounds at the minute. He's he's making metres, like you said. He's hard to put down. He gets in your face. He's quick for the, a prop. He's not the biggest of props, but still uses his body really well. And he, he seems to be really, really relishing and uh, at trying to get that spot for the uh, for the first team. Yeah, looking at the uh, the three word match reports and man of the matches, uh, Nat said hard Easter period, and uh, their man of the match was Dobson for his great leadership. Paul King, Paul King said out infused. His man of the match was double. Colin Reynolds don't didn't back up. His man of the match was double. Three three man of the matches there. Side for for Dobson. You know he's our little general. He gets us around the field, uh, and he was a you know really I thought he got us around the field really well on Saturday. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's been around the block, and he you know he knows the score. He knows what to do in in games. It's just a bit difficult at the minute because playing with Josh Wood, you don't really have that kind of second in command behind you. He's still. As, in my eyes, a bit timid at the minute, Josh Wood, uh, even though he's, you know, he, he tries his best. Uh, but yeah, for, for getting us around the park and you know trying to trying to settle <laughs> us down as much as he can, double does that for you, and, and he'll he'll continue to do that on a consistent basis. Um, the only the only thing I do think he lacks with is being the full like kind of front man as a leader, where that's where we miss like your Tommy Lee and your Craig Copchat. But yeah, double, I do agree. You know, he was probably one of our better players. Um, that weekend, and I, I just thought George Griffin was was excellent for us as well. He, you know, he puts his body on his line every every week as well. So they they the, the two standouts for me really. Yeah, uh, Paul Foster says sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. His man of the match was uh, Ben Murray at Masala. Paul uh, Carney uh, said tired, laboured, and sloppy. His man of the match was Gaz O'Brien. Uh, the man of the myth, Marky Mark Scallon, said dropped a nut. Uh, his man of the match was Josh Jones. Paul Jones, another good good performance from him. Um, I thought he was a bit quiet, really. Josh Jones, um, he was in the centres, wasn't he, on um, on Saturday? Yeah, I thought he had a bit of a quiet game. But my man of the match for me was Michael Dobson. I thought I thought he had an excellent game. Uh, his kicking game was was spot on. You know, he he put pressure on on Wakefield. I just I just thought, like we were saying, he, he just lacked having having a right hand man there, didn't he? His standoff really. I mean, Josh was defend doing a lot of defending out wide, and he's still very green. Josh Wood, isn't he? And, you know, Michael Dobson was missing that, but I thought he led us around the park really well. And I mean, you know, without Copjack there to, to build you that platform, I thought Dobson did well with, with what he had, really. Yeah, I think it's a game that Josh Jones is going to is going to learn from. Obviously, Wakefield came down that side looking at, looking for him and obviously trying to you know overwork him. Uh, but I'm I'm thinking, you know, him and Dobson, you know, if if needed, if Rob Lou is out going to be out for a couple of weeks or whatever, you know, I'm sure Josh Jones, uh, Josh Wood, sorry, uh, will will step up to the mark, say, and, and continue with some good performances. Yeah, he'll put everything in there. He's, you know, he's an enthusiastic young lad. Um, and when he came in last year, he didn't look too bad. I actually thought the best mo- uh, like period of the game from last year, uh, last week, sorry, was when he moved into into hooker. Mm. Uh, when Logan Tompkins went off, he, he started um, really getting in, into the game. And he got on the ball a lot. He was, you know, he was quickening the player the ball up and and whatnot. And he did seem to be playing a hell of a lot better in in hooker. Um, so hopefully, you know, he'll settle down over the next few weeks. He'll get obviously get a few more minutes game time uh, with Dobbo, and hopefully Dobbo can you know point him in the right direction. Um, I do believe as well at weekend, and, and it's it's kind of amusing why no one said it is Junior Sow at weekend was one of our real good players. Um, there was a point that weekend where there was a kick put through, and Junior Sow led the line 
to go and um, to charge the ball down or to, you know to put pressure onto the defender. And he was screaming at the back line. We heard him from the sideline. He was screaming at people, "Get up here, you know, get with me. Let's go in one and blah blah." blah. And if you got you know you got other leaders like that in and around the centre areas and wingers, you're gonna you, you've got a good leader there who's who's really gonna start taking you know ownership. That can only help us out as well. So uh, big shout out to Junior South weekend. Yeah, 195 metres, 13 carries, uh, 15 tackles, average gain of 15 metres a carry. Um, so yeah, you've got you've got to, you know you got to put it up for Junior. You know, putting them some really good performances in a red shirt, and it was very unfortunate not to get over the line in the last minute uh, against Wakefield, which would have won us the game. Uh, but unfortunately, we went away uh, with defeat there against Wakefield Trinity Wildcats, 32 points to 18. Um, but you know we'll live and learn, and hopefully next week against Leeds, um, you know we'll right a few wrongs and come away with the two points. So now what we'll do, we'll look at what our amateur size did this week in our amateur review. We'll start this week's amateur roundup by looking at Salford Red Devils under-19s. They travel to Bellevue on Friday the 1st of April to take on Wakefield Trinity Wildcats. Leading 12 points to 4 at half-time, Salford Red Devils ran away with it in the second half with a brilliant 32-20 victory with tries coming from 2 for Moore, 1 for Verite, 1 for Fairhurst, 1 for Akanga Adjwang and 1 for Cottington and 4 goals from Fairhurst. The Red Devils lined up with Jack Thompson, Joel Verite, Ben Calland, Harry Madders, Jake Knox, Aaron Moore, Lewis Fairhurst, Liam Bent, Declan Gregory, Johnny Scott, Lawrence Akanga Adjwang, Lewis Patton and Chris Worrell. The with Jack Cottington, Lewis Brown, Bill Brickhill and Jordan Seller. The Red Devils under 19s are in action again this th- coming Thursday, the 7th of April, when they take on Wigan Warriors with a 7 o'clock kickoff at the AJ Bell Stadium. Well, moving on to the National Conference Leagues. In the Premier League, Wathbro Hornets' match against Rochdale Mayfield was postponed. In Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers 52, Stanley Rangers 6, Thornhill Trojans 24, Salford City Roosters 12. The Trojans remain unbeaten while the Roosters are still looking for their first win. Anthony Harris was the man of the match for the Trojans and he opened the scoring on 14 minutes with a try converted by Andrew Bates. The Roosters hadn't helped themselves by having Paul Morgan Simbin for a professional foul two minutes earlier but they did hit back just shy of the midway point of the first half with the converted Bradley White effort before Rooster Mike Foster was Simbin for the use of the knees. Two tries from... Midargas Bendikas saw the Trojans hold their 10-point lead. Liam Green and Andrew Musker exchanged second-half efforts with Bates and White landing the resultant conversions. The game was put beyond doubt when Bates landed a penalty. So the Roosters tries coming from White and Muscat and two goals from White. The man of the match for the Trojans was Anthony Harris. A full-time score there was Thornhill Trojans 24, Salford City Roosters 12. In Division 3, it was Wollstone Rovers 36, Oldham St Anne's 14. And the fixtures for this coming Saturday in the National Conference Leagues are as follows. In the Premier League, it's Mayfield against Rochdale Mayfield, sorry, against Lock Lane. And in Division 2, it's Lee East versus Saddleworth Rangers and Salford City Roosters versus Stanningley. And in Division 3, it's Crossfields versus Oldham St Anne's. Well, moving on to the North West Men's League, the, the fixtures and results for last weekend were decimated by the bad weather and a lot of the games were postponed due to waterlogged pitches, but I'll bring you the results that we do have. Uh, Berry Broncos against Oldham St Anne's A was postponed, that was a Division 2 fixture. Also in Division 2, Halton Farnworth Hornets against Manchester Rangers was postponed. Rochdale, Mayfield A, 18, Lee East A, 4. In Division 4, it was Caddy's Head Rhinos 0, Manchester Rangers A, 18. Kulchev Eagles 26, Berry Broncos A, 8. Eccleston Lions against Little Holton Reds was postponed. Garswood Stags 96, Bolton Mets 6. West Horton Lions 12, Rochdale Cobras 18. In Division 5, the match between Liverpool Lions and Langworthy Reds was postponed. And in the entry division, there was one result, Aspel New Springs 16, Mancunian 16. So the fixtures for this coming week, which will be Saturday the 9th of April... We've got the Division 1 fixture between Wigan Springview and Folly Lane. In Division 2, it's Oldham St Anne's A against Pilkington Rex A. Rochdale Mayfield A against Berry Broncos. In Division 4, Berry Broncos A entertain Eccleston Lions. Caddy's Head Rhinos face Garswood Stags. Manchester Rangers A take on Bolton Mets. Rochdale Cobras play Little Hulton Reds. West Horton Lions play the Colchef Eagles. In Division 5, it's Caddy's Head Rhinos A versus Ashton Bears and Langworthy Reds versus Clockface Miners A. Liverpool Lions face Salford City Roosters A. So that's it. That's all the amateur fixtures and under 19 fixtures for this week. Good luck to all the sides and let's hope the weather's a bit kinder and we get a few more games on.
It's time for the Devil of the Details Big Match Preview. So, the big day out on Saturday. Leeds Rhinos rolling to Townside. Leeds struggling at the moment. So, for looking at this opportunity to, to take the two points. Yeah, we've got to be looking at, um, you know, possibly getting the two points here. I know these are really, really low on confidence. I don't think there's anything much more than that, really. I know they've lost two massive leaders in Sinfield and, uh, and Peacock um, this year. And I think that's took a, a bigger effect and a bigger toll than they thought it you know, actually would do. Uh, they brought a few players in over the um, over the summer and I don't think they've adapted to the Super League very well. Um, but there again, they'll be looking at this and thinking, you know, we're, we're down after the defeat by Wakefield and possibly they'll be looking at coming down here and, and stealing two points from us as well. So it's all set up to be a, you know, a riveting game and it should be really, really interesting on Saturday. Yeah, Lee Rhino struggling, Paul. 12-point swing, uh, negative swing on last season. Uh, and have lost seven of the last nine uh, league games. Um, you know, winning like lo losing like winning becomes a habit, and Leeds seem to have got that habit. Yeah, they certainly have. I mean, you've got a lot of sort of, sort of look back sort of the last ten years, I suppose, between sort of two thousand and four to now. So sort of the last twelve years, I mean, Leeds have been the side, haven't they? You know, winning the league countless numbers of times, and you know, it's, it's unheard of really in the last ten years of them doing you know being on this sort of run. So I think it's all, it's all about confidence, isn't it? I mean, Leeds are going to be coming into that game on the back of three defeats. But, you know, us beating Leeds is something we're going to, we've not done for a long time at home. It's like 23 years since we've beat them at home. So, you know, that's a habit as well. And that's in the, that must play on the players' minds. I don't know if they know that stat. But, you know, we've not done, we've not beat them at home for a long time. So that's something that's got to change on, uh, on Saturday. But we can't afford to come out and, and let Leeds get a start, you know, like Wakefield. And I think we've got to come straight out from the blocks and, Hopefully, we're going to get like the St. Helens performance, you know, playing the game at a fast pace. And I think if we do, I think we can turn Leeds over. Yeah, Leeds full of international stars, Si, and a nice blend of youth. Uh, who, who do we look out for as being the danger man? From Leeds, um, you, you've got to look at, you know, your same olds because even though, the, you know, farms are um, like current, you know, the, the classy, you know, the class is still there. So you've got people like, obviously, if Maguire does play, um, he's like you, one of your top men. Um, you, you still got the um, the winger, you know, Iron Hall, I think he's been classed uh, on the Super League website this this uh, this week as one of the best wingers that's been around for the, so many past so many years. Um, so you've got obviously him as well. Uh, but they've got a big set of uh, forwards, these lads who seem to offload quite a lot as well and uh, we've got to cut that out in that in their game because if we let them do that Rob Burrow will just take the uh, the feed off the scraps and be able to you know duck and dive like he does and he'll, he'll cut through our defence if that's the case Yeah Leeds Rhinos top off loaders uh, in the Super League at present but also the top error makers Paul um, you know it's supposed to be the kind of game that Leeds play if you, you throw the ball about uh, you can either look like a champion team or, or look like a team that's just met well, yeah, they, they do. They like an offload, don't they? I've been impressed with that. Um, Cuthbertson, the forward for Leeds, you know, the last couple of years, he likes to get the ball out, done his hard to stop, and he's forever offloading it. But you've got Joel Moon on there, he used to play for it as well. He likes to, to throw the ball about as well. Done his Akadeka, the full back. He's always pretty dangerous. And <clears throat> another winger I like he plays from is that Briscoe, and I don't even think he's always first choice on the team sheet for Leeds, isn't he? Is it Tom Tom Briscoe? He's a he's a good player. So they've got quality players all over the shop. You know, I know Burrow and Maguire are getting on a bit now. Um, well, they're probably about sort of early thirties, aren't they? So they're not like ancient, but they've been class players, haven't they? And like, I think Leeds to me are a side that are waiting to click. I think it is confidence with them, and I just hope they, you know, they wait till after Saturday to to uh, to get it together, really, because when they do get it together, you know, someone's probably going to cop an iron, aren't they? Which is it? You don't want them clicking uh, on on Saturday because um, obviously our big big doubt. We're looking for a big big win. Um, looking at our squad, uh, we've got a lot of injuries. Uh, Carney, the newest member to that injury list uh, side, you know, a lot of injuries at the moment, but hopefully the boys can step up and uh, you know put a performance in. Yeah, this, I mean the big thing that's been really evident this year is that the, the team have got a really good like togetherness. Um, they seem to want to play for each other and they seem to want to be working for the man next to them and you know they seem like they're really you know close to each other. So hopefully you know we can take that onto the pitch and and uh, you know put a, a put a decent performance together. I. I honestly don't know how we're going to go about putting the team out. I don't know where we're going to be playing for oh, no. yeah. Um It looks like everyone should, you know, will drop in for for Carney, which let's have it right. It's not a bad replacement at all. I know it's a, you know, it's not not going to be as effective 
um, you know, eating meters up, but he, he's still dangerous. You know, can, he can still finish a try, uh, like we've seen up, up at um, up at Huddersfield. So I think we've got players to come in. Uh, be what we might not be strong as what we have been for the past couple of weeks, but again, they bring something different to the to the actual setup. Uh, it's just unfortunate because of the injuries. I do think Josh Griffin will stick stick on the wing this week, uh, and we'll see probably Sal and Josh uh, Josh Jones in the centres again. So. We can only wait and see what, what we've got, what we can go with. But I think we need as much energy on that pitch for, for Saturday as, as much than, than anything. Yeah, it's going to be interesting uh, where Ian Watson puts his players. Uh, O'Brien possibly to Hooker, Paul and Wood kind of interchanging with uh, Tomkins. What do you think? Um, I don't know on that one, really. I mean, I think you've probably got to leave Gareth O'Brien at fullback because if you, you move... Move him to Walker. Who are you going to play at fullback if you've got Nail on the wing? It's mm. a bit of a bit of a conundrum, really. Isn't it? I mean, I don't know. I think I I'm just going back to what I said before about um, young Josh Josh Wood. I thought he did. He looked spot on when he played at Walker. I mean, I don't. He's he's not a natural looker, is he? But you know that could be a position that he moulds himself into as he progresses as a player. So perhaps I've him into changing Walker with Logan Tompkins because he's going to need a bit of a lift without Tommy Lee being there. Um, and it's whether Robert Louis comes back. <clears throat> I know. Um, Speaking, some of the supporters were speaking to, to Robert on, on Saturday at the Wakefield game. Did you manage to get a chat with him, Sir? Did he say anything about when he'd be back? No, I've seen him. I know he, I know he was uh, he was running around, you know, he was, he was jumping over the fences and everything. He actually yeah, he didn't look too bad, did he? Well, don't get me wrong, he wasn't, you know, dancing around and jumping for joy or anything like that, but uh, but he seemed to be moving okay. And he's, he's, always, he's always got a smile on his face anyway, but... Um, he seems to be in good spirits, so hopefully there might be just something there that, you know, are we going to get a, a, a surprise uh, sprung on us? Are we going to get Rob Louie and, and is that Daniel Vido fit for, for Saturday? Well, I've, I've heard a rumour that going, you know, on the rounds on Facebook that he's going to be back, um, Louie, this week. So whether he is or he isn't, I'm not too sure, but it'd be a massive boost to us if he if he is back and then we can obviously leave Gareth O'Brien at fullback. So fingers crossed uh, Louie's back in the side. Yeah, it was a picture of Rob Louie and uh, Danny Vido and Haggerty, all training uh, side. Obviously, they're nearing uh, fitness. Do you reckon what's the mate throw them in and just and just see what happens? Well, to be honest, regarding Haggerty, he's got to be one of the biggest... Um, uh, well, I don't know what, what it is. It's the biggest mystery this year yeah. why he's not had a chance because, let's have it right, we have struggled before this year. Mm. Uh, you know, we, we've had people missing out, especially at the weekend. You, you know, Copjack not making it there on, the, on, on, the, on Saturday... You know, Haggerty's a big old unit. He's a big lad. And he, the game I've seen him play for us, he carried really well. Now, there must be something and a reason why he's not being put in there. Now, whether it is an injury, we don't know because we, obviously we don't get anything kind of um, communicated by the club regarding injuries. Um, so, I don't know what it is, but let's hope to God that the three of them are fit to to do something for us, for us on Saturday because that would be a massive boost behind... A, a crisis that we felt we had with injuries. Yeah, and we missed Cop Jack big time against Wakefield, and hopefully he's, he's had a he's had a rest up this week and he's, he's back's fit, uh, ready for the Leeds game, Paul. Yeah, definitely, because you know, I mean, we we said it loads of times in here, haven't we, when we've been reviewing games and that, and it always it's always the same thing we seem to be saying. Craig Cop Jack had a great game, and he's been like, he's been so reliable this season, and he's just like sort of the cornerstone of the pack, isn't he? I mean, as a supporter. I think you feel a bit, um, what's the word? You feel a bit more comfortable when Craig Copjack's on there because I always think when he goes off um, and you, you, you sort of have that rotation, bring your other props on, I always think the intensity drops when Craig's not on the pitch. When when he's on there, we, we see him a better side. So, yeah, I'd feel a lot more confident playing Leeds uh, on Saturday with Craig Copjack in the side, definitely. Yeah, but if he doesn't make it, isn't there an opportunity for the other forwards who are you know, not picked first for the first uh, 13 to, to stake the claim? Um, the likes, you say, Adam Warren had, had a cracking game, Foster, you know, Sarsfield, these forwards, you know, without Copjack, you know, will need to just up their game against Lee Reynolds and, and obviously perform, Si. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, I know it's going to sound stupid or, or maybe, you know, a bit dismayed, but I really thought at weekend we missed our presence like Phil Joseph. Mm. And the simple reason being, he's a fair old unit and he takes some, some effort to stop. Mm. Now, Against OKR up there, he created one of our tries where he took the ball in as if he was going to run it in as a, as a straight drive. Three defenders converged onto him because obviously it takes a couple of lads to stop him. 
and he just popped off a nice little offload to, to the uh, to the outside, and then we was in for a try. So little things like that, and like I say, Phil Jones has been round the round the uh, round the block. He knows what the crack is with uh, with game management as well. Just that just that little thing where you know taking it into uh, three three backs, let's say, and they all converge onto him, it leaves a gap on the outside. So I do think on Saturday we, we did miss you know. Um, an old Ed, an experienced Ed in in Phil Joseph. Don't get me wrong; he's not going to be barnstorming. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to be doing anything out of the ordinary to, you know, light the game up or anything. But he does the basics pretty pretty well, and a lot of people kind of give him a hard time. And it, sometimes I just don't think it's justified with him. Yeah, I agree with that. Phil Joseph, Crafter works hard, and, and every pack um, needs that. Paul needs somebody, you know, to work hard and and chew up the meters. Yeah, definitely, and I think you know there was a couple of players on on there on Saturday who you know probably didn't have the best of games, and I think you've got to drop people, haven't you, and, and rotate it around. And if Phil's fit, I don't know whether he's injured or not, but if, if Phil's fit, you know perhaps perhaps mix it up and, and bring him into the side, and let him have his opportunity. And same with Haggerty, if, he, if he's ready, I think you know the forwards do need freshening up um, after, especially after the Easter period as well. You played three games in like sort of eight or nine days. You know, blokes are going to be picking up knocks and picking up injuries, so you know that's what your squad's there for. And um, you know, I don't think Phil's had, had lots of game time this season, so I, I think I'd definitely have him in the in the side on the Saturday. Yeah, Jordan Andrews, another one. Uh, he could get an opportunity. Yeah. Um, I think he's been in. I played on loan in the Crusaders, North Wales. Yeah. Yeah, you know he's, he scored there as well, so you know he could be pushing for a for an opportunity side to stake its claim. Yeah, but from what I believe from Jordan Andrade, he's he's um, he's really impressive. He carries the ball really well. Uh, and runs direct and very hard. Uh, I think that's what we kind of fell foul to at, at weekend as well, because they had some good, uh, some good forwards who was running hard. You had like you had uh, England and um, is it Scruton as well uh, who played at weekend, mm. um, and then you had like people like um, Jay Walton coming off the bench running nothing but hard and you know fast, and it, it put us on the back foot. So sometimes just having you know a bit of a surprise package like Jordan Ardrade, maybe bring him in for one of the games. And give him a go. We're never not going to know if he's an, if he's good enough if we don't give him a chance at it. But he seems to be getting some quite kind of like rave reviews on, on off, especially off like what I hear from the coaching staff and, and from people in the club. They seem to be quite impressed with him. So hopefully, you know, the people like Haggerty and, and Andrade will get the chance very very soon. Yeah, hopefully we're going to be uh, celebrating a, a famous win against Leeds Rhinos on Saturday. Paul, can I have a score prediction off you? I was just staring into space then, thinking you were going to ask me that question. And I thought to myself, shall I go be really brave? And so I say we're going to get like 40 points against Leeds because I'd love nothing more than that. But no, I've had the same score in my head all week since Saturday. I think we're going to win. I think we're going to win 26-18. 26-18. Si, what do you reckon? Uh, I can see it being a close one, mate. I can see it being roughly... A, a, I mean, I'll, I'll stick my neck on the line and I'll say something in the, along the regions of 2016 to Salford. 2016. I'm going to go Salford. 32, Leeds 10. I've got a feeling we'll, you know, we'll, we'll start fast, we'll start big, like we have done you know, a few times this season. Uh, get a bit of a lead and Leeds will buckle under that pressure and we'll see the game out. That's the plan, anyway. Oh, I hope so, mate. If they, if they win 32-10, I'll be coming looking for you and giving you the biggest hug you've ever had, mate. 32-10, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, be, how good would that be? Yeah, yeah, we'll have that, definitely. Sounds like a, sounds like a plan. Hopefully, there'll be a lot of people going down uh, to the AJ Bell Stadium for the big day out on Saturday for the Rugby Festival and all the things that are going on. Um, it's great that the club are, have put it on side and hopefully it'll entice the community in. Yeah, we, that's what we want. We want people, you know, to, you know, especially for the amateur side and stuff like that, you know, grab a friend, grab, grab a couple of friends who, you know, tell them to come down, just give it a try. You know, it's just after the um, the Grand National and stuff like that. So you know, let's get down there, let's Let's just bring a friend and let's go and have a have a good day and uh, beat uh, beat our Yorkshire rivals. Yeah. So thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Thanks for coming on, Si. Uh, you've been a pleasure. Thank you very much, mate. Cheers. As always, Paul. Brilliant. Yeah, like, yeah, like like Si was saying there. Let's just all get down there and uh, you know it's been a long time between drinks at home to Leeds. So let's hope we can turn them over. Can't wait for it, mate. Yeah. And don't forget you can find us on Facebook. Devil in the detail. SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. You can us on SoundCloud, iTunes and rlinternetradio.com. Unfortunately, no podcast uh, next week because I'm on my ollies. Um, so it gives you all a week off. Um, and then we'll be back the week after to talk all things Sulphur Red Devils. Um, same time in two weeks. So thanks for listening. See you in two weeks.